0: We are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church available now on any of the app stores either Apple or Android or even Amazon is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore there's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses there's ways for you to sign up for classes for events for small groups, there's events calendar so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts be sure to check out our app, you can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app and find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we, as you saw, are in a series called My Big Fat Mouth. Have you guys been enjoying this series as much as I have? What a great series. Pastor Danny, man, has been on fire, I think, and such good practical information. But we're uh, in week number four or five, four or five now, I can't even remember. But this is going to be the last week and I get to speak to you. My name is Jeremy Ferruccio. I'm the executive pastor here. They let me uh, speak from time to time. And so I'm really excited uh, to be wrapping up this series with you today. Welcome to all of our people who are listening, either on Facebook Live or if you're listening on the church app, or you can get us on iTunes through our podcast. There's so many different ways that you can uh, uh, consume the the content that we put out here at Bayshore. So uh, if you ever miss a Sunday, make sure that you're signed up for the podcast. Or uh, you got the church app? If you haven't downloaded it, there's a way to watch uh, all the sermons uh, from both campuses, and so it's a great tool uh, to use uh, here at the church. So welcome to all of our guests. We're always glad, you know. Each week, uh, we have uh, hundreds of people who will watch uh, the playbacks of the uh, the sermons, and it's a great way. Uh, to expand the reach of Bayshore. So, maybe even consider uh, uh, helping us share that on social media if you would, and uh, help spread the word about the cool things that are happening here at Bayshore. So, as I said, we are in this series called My Big Fat Mouth, and it's been uh, these weeks of Pastor Danny sharing uh, these very practical things. You know, uh, if you're like me, my mouth can get me in trouble sometimes. And so this series has been all about when we come to be part of the kingdom of God, right? When we decide that we're going to follow Jesus and we leave uh, the world, so to speak, we take on a new language, right? We begin to speak differently. Last week, Pastor Danny really drove home this idea. It's like moving to a different country. And when you move into a country, then you have to learn the language of that country. And so in the same way, when we become followers of Christ, there's a change that happens, in our language. And we started uh, out with uh, complaining. Do you guys uh, remember the wristbands? Anybody rocking the wristbands still? Hold them up for me. Anybody worn out their wrist? Uh, <laughs> swapping that out? I, I've, I've got like these bald spots on my wrist where it just has worn the hair right off where I keep switching it. Uh, and so uh, complaining was this uh, topic, and we learned how to, to, to not complain. And then we talked about criticism and how to be uh, good. Criticizers, right? There's a way to criticize that's good, and there's a way to criticize that's bad. And so, and last week we talked about uh, profanity and uh, how we should uh, to speak uh, differently in that way. And so, this week I get to kind of close out this series, and I think the way I want to to get started this morning is to tell you a story. Um, when I was 19, uh, I was married, already had a child and one on the way, I think, at 19. And um, I was managing a grocery store at the time. And um, it's a lot of responsibility uh, for me as a young uh, a young adult. And so, uh, you know, I was doing my best to try to do that. And we had uh, these people who would come in, they'd do special orders. And they were these great things for, for me as a manager because, you know, Uh, you'd get this one big special order that would really make my numbers for the week look great. It'd be this thousands of dollars of of an order versus maybe, you know, $50 to $100 of a normal grocery store order. And so it really made my numbers look great. So we'd always go over and above to accommodate uh, these special order people. And so uh, there was this one group. They were a food bank. And uh, they were one of my regular special order customers and large orders. You know, she was, this lady was ordering uh, up to like $5,000 at one time of food to go feed the needy. And so in this one particular instance, uh, she had made this really big order. And uh, on the day that she came to pick it up, I realized that I had forgotten to order these hams um, that she had wanted. And it was a big, big deal. And, and so uh, it was, I think, around a holiday and she really needed those hams that she wanted to be able to give out to the people. And so as she's there and we're loading up everything and we're counting through everything, I realized that I don't have those hams. And she turns to me and she says, hey, where are the hams? And I don't, I don't have an answer for why I said what I said next. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was just a 19-year-old being scared or whatever. But I said, well... Funny story about your hams. We got broken into last night, and they stole the hams. I have no idea why I said that, but I said that. And she looks at me real funny for a second, and she goes, really? Somebody broke in the store last night, and what they stole was the hams. And I said, yep. (laughs) And so today's topic I want to introduce to you is lying. Lying, obviously, an issue that I have and I deal with. Lying. Before we start off, though, I think it's important that we don't lie to ourselves. So let's start with a definition of what lying is. And so, first off, a lie is anything that we say that isn't true. Right? And you would say, of course, that makes sense. But it goes further than that. And it's not only anything that we say that's not true, but it's anything that we say that is only partly true. Partly true. And it goes even further. And I would say that a lie is anything that we say that is stretching the truth. And so here in a moment, uh, I want to ask you, if you've lied in the last 24 hours, I'm actually going to ask you to raise your hand on this. So, so I want you to get ready. So based on that definition, but I also want, I want to give you some examples here. So, so, And here's what I mean. I've discovered that we lie, and as I'm studying for this, this message, that I believe we lie way more than we know we do. That we have become accustomed to to lying or stretching the truth so often that we don't even think about it. And here's, here's, here's some examples of that. Like, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How many times is it true that we're not fine? And you answer that we're fine. How about this one? Hey, how do you like your job? And how often do we say, oh, my job's great. I'm doing good. And you can't stand to go to that place every morning. How about this? Your wife asks you, "How was that chicken I just made?" Was, was it dry?" And you say, "No, even though you're thinking it's dry, it's dry as the desert, right? The cashier this is one of the, the one that gets me cashier asks me, "Would you like to donate a dollar to this or that charity or whatever when you go through the line?" And my answer is always, "I would. I just don't have any cash." And I'm lying because I never would. I never would give the dollar there uh, when they asked for it. Um, you know, you get in a fight with your spouse on the way to church and the greeter asks you how you're doing today and what do you say? You say, I'm doing great. Doing great. And that is a lie. So here I believe that, that we get into a habit of lying so often that we often, we don't even realize that we're doing it. So based on the definition of what a lie is, and of those that you, those examples that you've just heard. Who here would say that in the last 24 hours, you maybe, just maybe, have told a lie? Let me see your hand. My hand's up. Yeah, yeah. And here's the deal. All you people who aren't raising your hand, you are now lying. And so, and so you can join the club with all the rest of us. It is this thing that we don't know we're doing. Listen to some of these studies. It says, do you know that we, it's been proven or studied that, that we lie somewhere between three and four times a day? On average, people lie between three and four times a day. That is almost 1,300 lies per year. 1,300 lies per year. 90% of our children, ladies and gentlemen, 90% have learned to strategically lie By the age four, that means not just lying, but knowing they're lying in an attempt to get something or to get out of something. By the age of four, 90% of our kids do that. And our kids may have been above average (laughs) on that one. Uh, So 60% of us cannot have a conversation with a new person without lying. And during that ten-minute conversation with the new person, on average, we lie ten—or I'm sorry, three times—in the first ten minutes. And here's the big one, and uh, we're just going to say it. We're going to leave it. But men lie twice as much as women. I'd like to see the numbers on that, but. Uh, so that list and those, those uh, numbers are funny in some way, but and honestly, they're, they're a little alarming, right? I mean, they, they're funny, but they're kind of shocking about the reality of how much we lie. But here's the deal, and what I want to talk about today is that lying is really, it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. Let's start with Proverbs 12, 22, if we can. Proverbs 12, 22 says that the Lord detests lying lips. He detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Now, this word detest here, when we look at it in the original Hebrew, it's this word called to- toiba. Toiba is the original word, and it's literally translated to make nauseous to make sick to your stomach, to make nauseous. So when we lie, and it says that the Lord detests, he's really saying, lying makes me sick. That's the bad news. The good news is, though, is that he delights in the truth. But as we think about this, this big deal, right, we, we think this is a big deal, but how can it really be that big of a deal when we're lying three to four times a day? Is it really that big a deal? And isn't it just kind of part of our life, right? It's the way we get ahead. It's the way we navigate some relationships, right? Because telling the truth sometimes is hard and it can be hurtful. And isn't it just maybe part of our marriage, this lying game, or maybe part of parenting that we lie, or part of how we do life and 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 navigate our jobs? and And so, You know, why is it that it is a big deal to God? Why is it something that he would say makes me sick to my stomach? What is it? Now, uh, if you've been around or in church for any length of time, you would know or probably have heard that the devil, our enemy, has some nicknames. And you may or may not have heard that one of the enemy, the devil's nicknames, is the father of, anybody? Lies. The father of lies. Let's look at a verse where Jesus actually says this in John chapter 8, verse 44. He says, uh, He was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. He lies, he speaks in his native language. He is a liar and what? The father of lies. And so we have a spiritual enemy, an enemy who uh, his weapon is lying. The way that he combats us, the way that he comes at us is through lying. And he's so good at it that he's earned this nickname, the father of lies. And so when uh, this spiritual enemy is attacking us, the way that he is going to do that is through lies. He's going to try to get us to speak his language, to speak lies. And I believe there's, there's kind of three things I'd like to give you today, kind of a three-pronged uh, attack of the enemy against us when it comes to lies. And the, number one is the obvious one, but he wants us to lie. He wants us to tell a lie. Have you ever told uh, a little lie that kind of got out of control? It got bigger, uh, than you expect it. Uh, you know, when, uh, when I was a, um, when I was growing up, we moved, uh, almost every year of my life, I went to a different school, like in a different district. Uh, I lived in Maryland, Hagerstown. We lived in Atlanta, up near Cleveland. I met my wife, wife in Casper, Wyoming in school. And so, um, we moved around a lot and basically every year, uh, I started a uh, the school year at a new school I was the new kid and so uh somewhere around I don't know late elementary or early uh middle school um I was at a new school and I was getting to know uh some of the kids and and I don't know why but again you know I think I was I was watching a lot of karate kid at the time and so I may have told the kids that I was a black belt in karate <laughs> you know um Nobody knew any better, and you know, I, I thought it was cool. It made me cool, and um, it was great for a while until the uh, the school bully heard about it, and then wanted to challenge the kid who had a black belt. And for the rest of the year, this little white lie, well, maybe not little white lie, but this lie that I told that I was a black belt in karate, I was uh, constantly telling more lies and trying to get out of this potential scenario where I didn't have to reveal I wasn't a black belt, but I didn't have to fight the big bully who would probably pummel me. And so uh, this whole thing happens and just this little Lie or seemingly little lie grows and grows and gets out of control and becomes something far bigger uh, than I ever expected. And I think we do this a lot, if we're honest. Uh, There's a lot of times we do this. We exaggerate a story, maybe. You know, just fish wasn't this big, fish was this big, right? You know, we exaggerate a little bit. Um, we stretch the truth a little bit or we, you know, give something that is just partially true. Like we lie on our resume, right, a little bit, just a little bit, just making ourselves looking a little better uh, than we were. We, we, we share something about somebody else that we don't know to necessarily be true, but, you know, we think it could be true. And so we're just going to spread that gossip uh, and we're, we're lying, Remember, the enemy is the father of lies, and if he can get his foot in the door by getting you to tell what would be, again, seemingly a small lie, then he's got a foothold, and he can take that little lie and make it bigger and take it further than you ever expected it to go. Small lies turn into three To four lies a day, and then more and more. And it makes God nauseous. But remember, He delights when we tell the truth. So, so first off, the the enemy would have you to say or to speak a lie, to tell lies is number one. Number two, though, He wants us to lie to ourselves. He wants us to lie to ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but I can be the king of rationalizing my own lies, right? Like I watched a lot of Karate Kid. I mean, like I watched that show over and over and over. And technically, I think I probably was at the level of a black belt when I practiced in front of the mirror. And we can rationalize our lies so often. We, you know, uh, you know, we we. Don't tell our wives that the chicken is dry. Why? Because we don't want to hurt her feelings or we lie to protect somebody. And we're rationalizing in our mind why it's okay to spread or to share these lies. And and we do it to make ourselves feel better or to convince ourselves that this lie is true. And suddenly we're in this place where we're rationalizing sin in our life. We're rationalizing the sin in our life. It's not just about telling a lie to other people anymore, but we're beginning to believe our own lives, lies. Classic example of this in the Bible is King David, right? Uh, The story of King David is, um, you know, uh, he's out having uh, dinner on the rooftop, one night and he spots this woman taking a bath on her roof. And, you know, suddenly he's not concerned about the meal anymore and there's this woman bathing and he sees her and he desires her and so he sends uh, a servant to go get her and that night they have an affair and so David from that point on goes through all kinds of steps trying to cover up this sin in his life and he uh, finally gets to the point where he uh, has the husband of the woman Bathsheba that he had an affair with he comes in he sends him to the front line of the battle that they're fighting so that he will be killed just to cover up his life and his sin. And so the the Bible talks about Nathan, the prophet, comes to David and he begins to tell David this story, right? And David is listening and he says, hey, um, you know, there was this man and um, he had everything that he ever wanted, had everything that he could ever desire or want, uh, and he was wealthy and never had to worry about anything. And then there was this other man, and this other man had nothing in the world except this one little lamb. That was the only thing that he had of worth and the only thing he cared about. And one day, this traveler came to the rich man, and uh, the rich man decided to feed this traveler. And so instead of taking something of his own, the things that he had plenty of, he went and he took that one little lamb from the poor man. And he used it to feed that traveler. And David, immediately when he heard this, and Nathan was telling him, the Bible says he jumped up and in anger said that that man needs to be killed, that he should not act like that or do those things. And Nathan responds to David and says, David, that story is about you. And so David had rationalized his sin to the point that when he hears this story, he doesn't even realize It's him that Nathan is talking about. And I think we have the tendency to do this in our own life. I think we do it far more than we would like to admit. We say things like, I don't have a drinking problem, right? Look at my my cousin Chuck. Now Chuck has a drinking problem. I, I don't have a drinking problem or, you know, uh, we say things like, uh, yeah, I, maybe I took some stuff from work, but you know, my boss is rich and he doesn't care. I mean, don't tell him. You don't tell him, but, but he doesn't care. He's rich. He'll never miss it. Or, or, you know, yeah, me and my girlfriend, were sleeping together, but, but you know, I'm a man. It's 2018. I have needs. And so we rationalize these decisions that we make. The enemy, if he can get us to lie, maybe he can get us to believe a lie and begin telling ourselves these lies. So number one, he wants us to lie. Number two, he wants us to tell ourselves lies. And number three, I believe that the enemy would like to get us, that he wants us to begin to live a lie. The strategy is to get you to live Lie Now, in the day and age of social media where you can post pictures of your best side, you can put filters over top of uh, your pictures so that you look amazing, or I don't even know, like some of the things you look like, animals, you can look like Snapchat filters my kids use all the time. Uh, In the day and age when we can post some ideal image of ourselves online, it's not hard to believe that we... Would have a tendency to live a lie that we would project something different than what we really are. We hide our real selves from everyone. You know, maybe it is that you uh, to the outside world you have a great marriage and and you're the person that that people come to for for marital advice and and uh, on the inside. Uh, you know, at night, you and your wife sleep in separate beds, and so there's this projection of something other than what is really happening. Maybe uh, to all your friends and to your co-workers uh, at work or wherever, you know, you're the Christian of the group, and you know, you're the person who quotes scriptures on Facebook or reposts uh, those memes for spirituality on Facebook, or maybe Uh, If people get into your car, you've got 88.7 The Bridge blasting when you turn the car on, all these things. But in private, in private, maybe you're dealing with things. There's things in your life, like maybe you have a porn addiction, maybe you have a pill addiction, maybe you're uh, an alcoholic. And so this person, this image that we portray is not like who we really are at all. See, the enemy wants us to lie. The enemy would like us to believe our lies. And then he would like to completely bind us up in living a lie. You see, when we tell a lie and it grows and we have to tell more lies and then we have to rationalize why we're doing it. And then we begin hiding our real selves from people. This is bondage that the enemy is constantly just wrapping us up in bondage. Wrapping us up And this is how the enemy comes at us. But this morning, God wants you to know that there is freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in the truth. And to be free from that lie, to be free of this fake life that we're living, there's a couple things that the Bible tells us. There's a couple steps that the Bible tells us, if you're in bondage, maybe you're living a lie, maybe you're believing your lies, or you're just telling lies all the time, if, if, if freedom is what you're after, then the Bible gives us two things. Two things that we need to do. Number one is we confess to God for forgiveness. But number two, we confess to each other for healing. Let me, let me show you where this is. Now, in 1 John 1, 9... It says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. So we confess our sins to God. And it says here that no matter what we've done, no matter if we lied about being a black belt in karate or if we went as far as David did with Bathsheba, no matter what it is, it says here that if we confess it to God, that he is faithful To forgive you. And I'm going to tell you right now, that gives me, uh, I mean, I want to like celebrate that point because there's been so many times in my life where I have been at that point and needed that bondage broken. And God is faithful to forgive us when we ask for forgiveness. He is faithful and just and will forgive. You know, God knows you better than anybody else could ever know you. And I think we forget that sometimes. You know, forgiveness or this asking of forgiveness to God is not necessarily something we do for his benefit, right? God's not surprised when you share this hidden secret that you've had, right? He's not surprised by that. He knows you better than anybody could ever know you. And yet, he loves you more than anybody could ever love you. Isn't that a great thought? He knows every secret and dark spot in you, and yet he loves you more than anybody could ever love you. God's faithful and just, and when we ask forgiveness, he will give it through his grace. Number two, confess to each other for healing. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. Prayer for a righteous person is powerful and effective. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. One of the reasons we love to do um, videos of baptisms, right, is baptism is this this decision that people make uh, to, to begin to follow God. And it's this outward profession of that, right? It's the putting on of the jersey of Team Jesus, as we like to say. And so we like to do these testimonial videos because it is literally the sharing, this almost like confession of what people have gone through. And it, it, it's in those moments, if you've ever had that opportunity, that freedom truly happens. You know, the Bible says that we overcome. We overcome. We win. We succeed by the word of our testimony. And when we begin to share what what God has done in our life, there's a victory that happens in our life. There's a healing that takes place when we begin to speak about what God has done. So, if today You would say that there's things in your life that maybe have you bound. Maybe there's a front that you put up so that other people don't get to see who you really are. Maybe there's some things that you're hiding in your life that you don't want anybody else to know. There's freedom for you today. There's freedom. There's forgiveness through confessing to the Lord, and there is healing that comes. When you bring that out into the light and you share that with others, I can tell you from experience, there is no greater freedom than that moment. When you know that God has forgiven you and you no longer have to live in the shadows, but everything is out and in the light as healing and freedom that happens in that moment. And so I would ask you today is, do you, do you need to ask forgiveness of the Lord? Do you maybe need to confess something uh, to others around you? The enemy wants you to lie. He wants you to believe the lies and he wants you to live a lie, but that's bondage. He's the father of lies. But Jesus says that the truth, he is the truth, and the truth will set you free. Why don't you stand this morning let me pray for you. God, as we close out this series today, God, I ask that you would search our hearts, God, reveal to us through your Holy Spirit, God, if there is uh, something in us, Lord, that we're hiding, God, or maybe uh, we just have a tendency to play a little loose with the truth sometimes, and maybe we feel like we're um, trying not to hurt somebody or trying to do the right thing by not telling the, the whole truth, but God, I pray that you convict us and let us know. Show us where we are allowing uh, the enemy a foothold in our life and a way to begin to, to put us in bondage, God, through lying. And so, God, I just pray that uh, you'd inspire and convict each person here, God, for anything in their life that they may need to confess uh, to you or to others, God, and that, uh, that we would all experience the freedom that you have for us, God. That's my prayer today. May they go, may we go in freedom today from any bondage in our life. That is my prayer, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Hey, listen, if you'd like to talk or to pray with anybody this morning, we're going to have teams up front here. You can come up and receive prayer, talk with Pastor Jeff and his team. Um, We want to walk this out with you. Uh, Next week is Mother's Day. Come back, new series. Uh, Don't forget, Mom, send in your pictures. We love you guys. Have a great, great